Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here, joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we've got a great show today. We're going to talk about some predictions this season, um, some open standings. We're going to talk about some more draft grades for the American South, play a little game over under and name that team. So hopefully Anthony and I don't look too bad. Trey doesn't make us look bad. We'll find out. <laughs> We're no winging problems. it. We're winging that one. We're winging that one. <laughs> no we problem. haven't. We haven't seen everybody, you know, it'd be different. Like if we were a couple games into the season, right. And you got a yeah. feel of how the teams are flowing partnerships. You can attach, you know, faces to teams, but yeah, right now we're, uh, we're all learning these teams. Absolutely. Uh, all right. And Trey, I saw on Twitter that you're going to be playing in a competitive. Oh yes. Um, oh geez. Oh yes. Let's go. This- I'm supposed to bring that up. Uh, I love it. Bring that up. No, so are you uh, practicing for this or? Um, yeah, I've, I've been, I, I got to pick up some bags last week. Um, I'm throwing, uh, I think I've decided what I'm going to throw. Okay. Uh, in the tournament. Yeah. Part of it is because Dusty, who is the conference director, hired me to do the commentary for the, um, for the Sunday open singles, open doubles. So I have to set up on Saturday, but he's like, you have a two hour window or a three hour window to set up during this time or whatever. So I'm like, then afterwards he's got like all the different singles divisions. So I was like, yeah, might as well see what happens. Right. So um, yeah, I'm play. I'm going to play competitive singles, see how bad I do. I'm shooting for, I think the number I, I like laid on was like, if I can average a 7.2 PPR, like that's good. I'm, yeah. I'm, that, that would be my, that would be my ultimate goal, but I'm throwing, I think I'm going to throw black sheet black waters. So my dad has a set of those <laughs> and I picked them up at the office. I was like, Oh my gosh, these are perfect because I need a loose floppy slow bag. Right. <laughs> okay. And a lot of times, a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of the BG throwers, they're too, they're too puffy, right? Or they're yeah. too, they're not very loose. They're more like compact. And that let, let, lets them roll a little bit more. I kind of like the, the you know, the, the loose, slow bag. So I'm just trying to get around the whole, cause some congestion. So we'll see what happens. Hey, I, I just love the idea that the guy probably the most dedicated time-wise to the game is kind of going back to his roots, right? He was a player <laughs> first. He yep. was a player first, so he's able to enjoy the part of this that we all enjoy, and that's actually playing. But the biggest thing, uh, what you just said, kind of blew my mind. How does a how does a local place afford the goat of commentary? Like, how much? <laughs> what is your going rate, Trey, to, to go in and be hired to do some commentary? I'm cheaper than Wally, so I mean, I'm <laughs> wow, Trey, you got to look in the mirror. Uh, no, nah, <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm I mean. Normally, if I had to go anywhere, my rate would be much, much higher simply because I don't want to go anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when literally the office is nine minutes from my house and <laughs> Dusty's going to bribe, bribe me with a, with a few beverages and, you know, I mean, I, I can do it. I had nothing going on. So, um, yeah, but if he said it's 30 minutes down the road, it's two hours down the road, forget it. That, Out. No price, amount of money. Quadruples. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, we can't wait to see what happens. When is that, Trey? That's this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend. Uh, yes. Oh, you know what we're talking about next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Hey, yeah, uh, Anthony, we gotta pull up his stats from it. Let's let's go. Nah, I mean we 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 won't do that too. Much. <laughs> let's just hey, talk about wins and losses. If I throw a five point five, I'm I might I might never pick up a bag again. I'm not. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I can win, if I can win one game in competitive and throw seven two, I don't care what happens. I don't, care right. I, lose, I don't care if I lose the other two 20, 21 to zero. That's a good goal. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, let's get into some other predictions, not Trey's game. Uh, we've got uh, all of our nationals coming up here. And we're going to go into kind of who we think might win these nationals, which we were talking about briefly before. Obviously, last year, first national surprised us all. That's not it's not what we thought was going to happen. But, you know, there it was. So we're obviously very early, just making predictions, just having fun with it. So what do you have for national number one, Trey? Yeah, national number one, right out of the gate. Um, I'm going with some familiar names. I'm going uh, with someone that. You know, when we had hot takes, my hot take, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, or might have been last week, I don't remember, I said Alex Rawls would win two nationals. Yeah. So I'm coming out of the gate saying he's got to win the first one, right? right? So he wins the first one, and I have continuing out of the gate a team that's hot right now, finished the season incredibly well. I got Mark Richards, Philip Lopez. Kind of a boring tandem. I promise I'll get a little bit more exciting. I got Rawls taking singles and Richards Lopez taking doubles at the kickoff battle. Who do you have, Anthony? Man, we do this shit all the time, Trey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have the exact same thing. So if we, if we go back, <laughs> if we go back to Nationals one, uh, so Matt Guy came out and won Nationals one in singles. I think we get the same thing this season. Someone coming in who we expect to win. Guy finishing off in the third rank. Alex Rawls is going to be right there. A one, two, three guy. I think, like you said, Alex Rawls doing it. But last season, we did get some dark horses. We got Malone and Johnson that came out and won doubles. I don't see that happening out of the gate. I do think we start to see some of the rookies maybe filtering a little bit later. But I think we need to, you know, first pro experience, first time on all these, uh, you know, the the broadcast ideas. Maybe they make it to a final, but then the, the pressure of the stage, you know, gives them a nice second place. But I like Richards and Lopez. But if we did get a dark horse out of doubles, just for fun, because we had one at Nationals one. I kind of like a like a Brooks Burnaset or even a Turpin Franklin. I think those would be some pretty legit dark horses. Malone Johnson finished 113th or 115th in doubles last season and won a national. So <laughs> hey, yeah. it's anyone's game. But we should mention we're gonna get a little women's singles this year, too, right, Trey? So I just thought yep. I'd throw in there Rosie Streaker. I think she's coming in really hot. And I think Damon continues his reign. The first one, I think, goes to Damon Dennis for seniors. Yeah, if I had to throw in a doubles, maybe a dark horse, but someone, if I'm going to go away from the heavy, heavy favorite, someone that's won two kickoff battles and doubles with a new partner this year, Kyle Malone, Jimmy Humans. Yeah. I'm coming out hot. Awesome. would surprise me either. That would be yep. awesome. That was on my list as well. All right, what do you got for number two? Cornhole Mania. For the past two seasons – and even seasons before that, always gives us a surprise in singles. Two years ago, it was a rookie pro in Steven Bernasette that we did not expect, right? Last year, we had Cornhole Mania singles, a Matthew Creek killer, a singles winner that we did not expect. So I'm trying to keep that as close as I can. So I'm racking my brain of who can do this. I wanted so bad to pull the trigger here, but I can't do it. I'm going to chicken out. But I wanted to pull the trigger on Travis Purser and go crazy. That's crazy. Say, say a rookie singles that nobody's expecting to win following suit of these past two singles wins it. However, I'm going to chicken out 
and going with a Ryan Wiedenfeld, still saying a, a rookie is going to win it. And maybe not the number one rookie and Fisher Hamilton wins it. So I'm trying to stay with that theme, but something tells me that cornhole mania always gives an opportunity for those rookies to make a splash. And then in doubles, oh, sorry, and then doubles, uh, I got Graham and Guy on that one. Um, they 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 won it last year. I think they win it again this year. Graham and Guy will not go the whole season without winning something. So I think they win that too. Yep, agreed. Anthony, what do you got? All right, this is getting a little ridiculous. Same ideas, Trey. No joke. Um, so <laughs> I was going through same thing. We had uh, the the rookie the rookie topic that you were talking about. I was thinking the same thing. I think we get a rookie coming out winning the singles here at, at national number two. I was going to go with Fisher Hamilton though, yep. but still the same idea. Here's my note. Won it last year. Going to do it again. Jamie Graham, Matt guy. I like them for doubles. And then we saw Damon Dennis go back to back to back to start the season last year. I like him getting two right out of the gate again. So I'm going to go Dennis again in seniors. And then Cheyenne Renner is not going to, you know, she's not going to go long without picking up a, a women's single. So I like Cheyenne Renner for, uh, for that national too. All right. What do you think about number three, Trey? So the bag brawl. Okay. I'm going back to the idea that we have to have Alex Rawls win two of these four. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm slotting in there at number, at number three. So I have, Alex Rawls winning number three. Then on the double side, okay, this time I'm trying to find a different name, right? We had Guy and Graham last year win twice. We had Lopez and Richards win one. So we have two of our top four teams. And then we had kind of that that outlier um, in each year in, in uh, Malone Johnson. Now it happened at the kickoff battle, but I think there's going to be someone each year that maybe is not a one, two, three type of team that comes through and wins it. I still think it's a top 10 team. I'm going to go with uh, someone who made the broadcast last year and put on a really good show and just came up a little bit short. Josh Holland and Derek Holland okay. win the bag brawl doubles. Anthony? Uh, national three. So um, Jamie Graham got it last year. Uh, he's going he's gonna to pick one up, I think, next season. So what, what's a better time than now? I think that he gets that, that second one or that third national we had a back-to-back in Jamie Graham, Matt Guy last season, National 2, National 3. I don't think we get a back-to-back this year. I'm going to throw Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield in there picking up the National 3, and then I think we I think we get Renner here going back-to-back. We should mention that this year there's a focus on the women's singles, so we're going to get women's singles as opposed to women's doubles this year. So Cheyenne Renner with a back-to-back in singles, and then I think it's time for Modlin to come and pick one up um, Damon Dennis, here's where he got the three peat. I don't think he gets the three peat. Modlin coming in, stealing a, a senior singles at national three. All right. On to number four, what you got? All right. Number four, uh, Anthony just said it. He's like, I, I just can't imagine Jamie Graham not winning a singles national next year. So I think he takes the fourth and final one. Um, but I do think we get a two national win by a doubles team, but it's not going to be guy and Graham next year. I get Lopez and Richards winning again. So I have Graham Lopez Richards for national number four. Anthony's been giving some seniors, um, senior spin in there. I think we have of the five events, four different seniors winners next year. I love it. Yep. So we have, we, we, we have some parody on the women's side. Give me the opposite. I think Cheyenne Bubenheim wins four out of five of the total events and only someone sneaks in to steal one of them. I don't know if it's going to be the world championships or one of the nationals, but I say Bubenheim wins four of five. Crazy. There's, that was your hot take. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Anthony. Time for Tony Smith to get his first singles national win. He almost had it last season right mm-hmm. at about this point. Um, he got through Graham, and I think it was Birchfield that got crazy hot. Double dipped him, if I remember correctly. Um, but I think Tony Smith is going to get one this year, his first singles national. For doubles, I definitely want to do uh, – I think we get a crazy team this year. I don't know if we call it crazy, but something like a Hamilton Cano or something. So I'm going to throw them in for doubles. Um, Samantha Finley – uh, in singles, I think she's going to get one this year. And then Jimmy McGuffin, the uh, the reigning champ, I got him uh, pulling out national forces for senior singles. All right, on to Worlds. Who's going to get it? Who's our world champions? World champs. Yeah, world champs. I put this entire list together, right? And I said to myself, you're going to tell me Mark Richards is going to have the season he just had. He ain't going to win anything in singles the next year. Not a chance. Mark Richards back-to-back singles world champion um, in, in back-to-back seasons. And the double side, um, I, I kind of fib said Graham and Guy wouldn't win two, but they'll win the world championship. So I have them putting it all together, getting a big win as a team and as a unit, um, and, yeah, continues to build their legacy as one of the best doubles teams of all time. All right, Anthony, who do you got? All right, singles world champ Mark Richards definitely sounds like um, you know the way to go. I'm I'm going to go on the other flip of the coin of that. Maybe not necessarily flip of the coin, but but close. I'm going to say Jamie Graham pulls out the singles this year. I think Mark Richards and Philip Lopez pull it out. Came up just short in doubles last year. I can see them coming out world doubles champ. I kind of alluded to it last last week with uh, we were talking women of the year. I think Sarah Cassidy comes out and wins a women's wow. championship. She's throwing so good right now, and I think you throw another you know, eight months on top of that or whatever that is, she comes out pretty strong. We had we had Jimmy McGuffin come out and win seniors last year you know, with Damon the favorite. I'm going to say Frank Maudlin comes out and wins senior singles as a, as a, uh, as a world champ in his first uh, – would this be his first year as a senior? I think it would be his first year as a senior, right? Yeah, yes. yeah it would yep. be his first season as a, as a senior. I think the only one that I tried to find a place for – and I'm pushing pause as long as I could. I just need to see continued consistency. But if this player plays like they have been playing, they will win a singles national this year. And that is Devin Harbaugh. I was trying yeah. to find a place for Devin Harbaugh, and I just could not pull the trigger. But he is right there. Devin Harbaugh and Kyle Malone were my other singles winners that you both did not mention. And then for doubles, I had uh, Humans Malone and Windsor Hicks. I don't think either one of you said Windsor Hicks, uh, but that was it in terms of you know the obvious Graham guy, Richards Lopez, Birchfield Rawls, you know Richards Graham Rawls. Yeah, I mean that stuff's all. I would be shocked if that didn't happen. Yeah, but, all those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna have this. You're gonna have them. You're gonna have those big guns. It just show they show up every year. That's the issue. The hard part is like convincing myself that I'm gonna see something drastic just because in especially on doubles we don't we just don't yeah. see except maybe once a year right it, it, most of the time it's it's pretty good paired i mean pretty good you know dominance by the top mm-hmm. yeah i love those meets they all have kind of good storylines to them you know i think kyle malone would be the comeback story uh devin harbaugh kind of like the guy is due story yeah. you know oh, he's dude. always been right there um, and then the Hicks obviously has its own storyline attached to it, just being uh, maybe the second youngest or youngest player in the league. So I love all of those from a storyline perspective. That'd be awesome. Cool. Well, we shall see. 
All right, let's flip over to our open events. Let's look at our open standings as they currently are. We've got Ryan Weinfeld in number one, Zach Shibner second, Anthony Mayball third, Fisher Hamilton fourth, Jeremy Schirmerhorn fifth, Alex Rawls sixth, Jeremiah Hector seventh, Chris Kingsbury eighth, Rob Vaj... Vaj I hate this name. Why is this name Vaj getting Vaj Vojanov. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Nine. And Mark Burgess. And there's something new about Rob, right? Yeah, Rob just got promoted from PDC to Pro. Um, Sean Markov uh, left the division, so um, he got promoted in place of that. So, um, Congrats. Yeah, but I'm yeah, open standing... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> open standings-wise, you know, uh, I'm impressed to see Wiedenfeld there. Um, you know, it's a team that, I mean, it's a player, like I said, I just, I just predicted him to win one of the events. So I think the two ones that I kind of have my eye on closest, maybe a third on that list, Zach Shibner obviously comes highly touted from the Woodchucks. He was, he was that high second round pick. That was a big deal. Um, uh, alongside of that, Jeremiah Hector, big question mark around him. We've seen some flashes of a really top level play. So excited to see him. And then Chris Kingsbury, right? Again, uh, the the freeze take him with a first round pick a lot of hype coming in around Kingsbury with how he's been playing recently and we'll just see if he can live up to those expectations he's another one of those candidates alongside purser that could be that yeah. rookie at the cornhole mania to sneak in and, and ruin someone's day oh that'd be crazy that'd be crazy <laughs> All right. And we also had the Atlantic Conference happening this past weekend. Devin Harbaugh took singles. Austin Camera and Noah Wooten took doubles. And we had the Canadian Central Conference with singles, Glenn McNutt and doubles, uh, Dave Dunlop and partner. <laughs> Glenn McNutt. One he, won, he won both. He won both. Oh, okay. Just making sure. All right. Uh, so there we go for our news around the league. Uh, anything you want to add there, Anthony, before we go to our draft grades? Yeah, just, just from the open standings. I mean, I know a lot of this has to do with what kind of talent you're dealing with in your area. So yeah, we didn't feel at the top, but you know, you, you really got to give credit to the, you know, the Hamiltons, the Rawls, the Kingsbury's with just these insane regionals. And you see some of these regional brackets and you're like, damn, that looks like a pro national, you know, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's 12 elite level pros in the field. So definitely some credit to those guys, um, you know, that are, that are performing with, with tough conferences and regionals. But I just want to, since we're on news around the league, I just want to throw real quick in there. I, I got a quick peek at a Timmy Jonas uh, performance this weekend out at the uh, Cleveland regional, a Timmy Jonas improving his game. And I was pretty impressed. He gets through Jimmy humans, 21 to seven. He gets Adam Hisner. Then he gets Eric Anderson twenty-one to two, and Trey he double dipped Noah Almanza in the uh, in the final to win that thing. So, shout out wow. to Jimmy or uh, Jonas, uh, Timmy Jonas, showing show what's up. Nice, good job, Timmy. Wow. All right, let's move over to our draft grades for the American South. So we're gonna go through the four teams and and Trey. Are we, are we seeing a lot of bees in this one, or is it all over the place? Where are well, we at? We're, we're seeing. Who, who are we doing first, Michelle? All right. Let's do Florida Freeze first. All right. Florida Freeze. Okay. Um, pretty appropriate. I give him a B. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, look, I was looking through the Freeze draft. Um, I think I like some points. Other points are kind of big question marks for me. Um, I think Kingsbury, uh, you know, people can get mad all they want. Kingsbury was a little bit of a reach at one. Um, but 
in fairness, he wasn't going to be available coming back. The freeze right. kind of found themselves at a point where if they wanted Kingsbury, they were going to have to get Kingsbury with that first pick. So um, maybe a little bit ahead of where he should have been, but I can understand if they wanted to get their guy, right? So, um, however, their second and fifth round picks, I have Jeremy Frazier and Sarah Cassidy. Sarah Cassidy in the fifth round was an absolute steal. Steal. Not even close. Look at her pro singles ranking. It doesn't make any sense how she made it to the fifth round. That was a slam dunk fifth round pick. Jeremy Frazier, you know, I've been high on him. I think he's a candidate for breakout player of the year. If he's going to be a candidate for breakout player of the year, getting him in the second round is still incredible. Wait for it. Value uh, from, from Jeremy <laughs> Frazier. Um, the middle picks is where kind of, I loved everything that I just said. The middle picks, Draven Sneed at eight. Draven Sneed kind of fell off. He's in the PDC getting in the eighth round. I felt like he could have been taken a few rounds later. Ryan Hart and Steve Derricky, you are banking on these, what I would say, mid-range rookies actually really performing, right? So these mid-range rookies, sometimes we see it pan out and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we see those first mid-range rookies that aren't the pro high-profile ones. They come in. They struggle. They finish in the bottom half of the pro division. So for me, I think it's just there were some things in there that I didn't love in the middle to late rounds. Love the first half of the draft. So the freeze get a B from me. Okay. What'd you give him, Anthony? All right. So we got our captains, right? Alex Rawls, Cheyenne Bubenheim, Cody Johnson. I just want to get PPR out of the way as we talk about all these collectively. It was negligible. I mean, we're talking a difference of on average a nine zero one to a nine one. So it was. We, let's just throw that out. Unless we get deeper into talking about style of play, but talking to Florida Freeze specifically, you said it. A statement pick by the Freeze to grab the Florida rookie Chris Kingsbury in the first round, eighth overall. I was shocked to be honest. I mean, yes, the kid, the kid can sling him. There's no doubt about it. But still in the field, you're passing up on guys who were still available. Alec Ryan, a Frank Modlin, a Batson, a JBJ, Poitras. I mean, I think the, the list goes on. But Florida knows Kingsbury well. So I think they're putting a lot of value in him, a lot of value in what they see him do uh, locally. Um, and maybe they get it right. I mean, he is a rookie, so we're all going to figure out what kind of player we get for him in the season. Um, but he certainly showed out in Myrtle Beach. I think that that obviously played a factor um, and let's note, they did have another pick 17 spots later. Like you said, I think Kingsbury might be available coming back around. I agree. I loved Frazier as the second pick 40th overall. You said it, Trey. I think he's set up to be a breakout player this year. Rozier at fourth pick, I think was too soon to me. That's a regional pick. Um, I think he's available later. If you wait, you nailed that one too, Trey. I love getting Cassidy at number five. She was overlooked in my opinion. You were talking about ranks, a top 50 player last season essentially gets picked 120th in the draft because right. she was the 72nd pick, plus there's 48 captains already on team. So you're the 120th pick at a top 50 player. Huge pickup. I do think Ryan Hart in the seventh round could pay off. He was kind of impressive uh, out in Myrtle Beach. We'll kind of see how that one plays off. Um, freeze grabbed all pros, two PDC players. That Draven Sneed one had me confused too. I was like, why are you doing that? You've got a, a Travis Graven out there who went seven and one and made it through the qualifier, the gauntlet. Boyer was out there. Thielen was out there. Fillingham was out there. 
Um, overall, um, I'm, I'm thinking like a B minus is, is what I'm, I'm thinking on this team here. All right, Georgia Sliders, what'd you give them? Georgia Sliders, I, I think it was a slam dunk that they were able to get Ryan Smith and he fell to them. That's one of those picks that you got to feel ecstatic about knowing that Ryan Smith is a master of this round-limited format. He's already shown he's made a pro shootout finals in doubles. So it's a slam dunk. One of the best number one picks, I think, out of the entire draft uh, by the sliders. Then jumping down to rounds, I'm kind of jumping around, but rounds four through seven, I thought were slam dunks. They go back-to-back, Terry Mathis, Bella Soprenant, uh, Bobby Hunt, and Dean Norton. To me, all of those players felt like high upside players based on where they were drafted. I really liked the the back-to-back lineup there. Was impressed by it. Going back to the second and third round picks, right? You took Cameron Belvin and Caleb Franklin. To me, I think they were betting on who I think this player really is, not necessarily where they exactly finished last season, whether it be in singles or in double. So based on that alone, I think there's just a little bit of a question mark if they were the right picks at uh, two and three. Now, um, they they very well could perform at a really high level. If we get the Belvin that we saw at the World Championships, then it's a slam dunk. If we get the Caleb Franklin that we saw at times in some of these pro-blind draws last season, it's a slam dunk. There's just sometimes a little bit of a lack of consistency that I wanted to see a little bit more of when we talk about rounds two and three. Overall, sliders really like a little bit of question marks, maybe some question marks in the very late round picks, but overall, I give them a B plus. Okay. Still in that B range. Yes. <laughs> Anthony. All right, Captains Wooten, Clemmer, Yacklin. I mean, bottom line, what I was saying live in the draft is what I think could make this team special and and potentially win the whole thing. Relationships and loyalties. I mean, Noah Wooten is a loyalty guy. Um, So the thing with that is as a captain, I think that he'll bring the best performance out of those players. When there's a mutual respect amongst the teams, they're going to go out there and, and die for him and do what they can to win. Ryan Smith, like you said, the fifth overall pick, love it. Um, Smith's an elite level bagger for a while now in this format, like you were saying. Franklin in the second round I thought was solid. He gets Belvin, Soprenit, Bobby Hunt, all tight bonds there, and they can deal in this game. Bobby Hunt was their first rookie pick in the seventh round, I think was massive. I mean, how the heck that guy was still available, I think he got overlooked for a while. Just kind of big picture, there's no regional bias here. Um, Everyone's kind of all over. There's a little bag bias late in the rounds. Um, Otherwise, it's all over the place, but... I'm vibing this Georgia Sliders team. I'm going to go A. I'm going to go A on this one. Whoa, the first A. All right. I was wondering if it was going to happen. All right, how about Virginia Cutters? So Virginia Cutters, um, I think a really solid pick at number one with with Ryan Wiedenfeld. I just said he's going to win a national, right? So, I mean, I think yeah, I can't go ahead and say anything other than that's a slam dunk, right? Unless I'm being, um, being uh, hypocritical. So, um where I think some of the risk was in this team is with people that we expected over the past year to finish at a certain point or to do a certain expectation that may not have lived up to that, but we're still optimistic that they're going to get back on track. And you can see that with three people, Logan Chamberlain, Timothy Pitcher, 
and Brevin Valdivia. If you take those from the best that they have been in the past one year to three years, depending on how long, obviously I can't say that three years for Logan Chamberlain. He's a rookie, right? But high level of expectation coming out, you know, especially out of Texas coming out of college. Timothy Pitcher has been there, right? He has absolutely been there at the highest level. And then Brevin Valdivia, been there at the highest level. But those two in particular went through either a rough patch last year or the year before. They took some time off. So it's just like, where are these guys going to finish? I don't know. That's the issue. And that's that's kind of where I, I, I almost dock it a little bit because I say, if, if I'm not entirely sure with three of your top seven round picks, like, that makes me a little bit worried, right? I'm just worried about what I'm going to get out of those players. They could all pan out, and it could be a slam dunk of a draft. I just don't know. Um, only other thing I'll mention is Dingus dropped a pretty good bit. I think it was a slam dunk to pick out Dingus. I really like that. Overall, I'm going to give him a B minus, um, just because, I, like I said, there's some risk in there. It could pay off and go a lot higher. I'm just a little bit worried. All right. Anthony, did you deviate out of the B range? Oh, wait, you're muted. You're muted. <laughs> I got you there now. Go. Yeah, your, your captains, uh, Stranger, Washington, Allen. They get the third pick in the draft. Like you said, going Weedenfield at that point, Malone and Hamilton were gone. So showing Virginia is not afraid to go grab the young rookie. And we should note the world's doubles champ, Jay Rubin, was still available, and they elected to pass. So, um, you know, Wheatonfield's certainly proven himself, but it was just that pick that coughed me off guard. If you look at the captains and that team specifically, Wheatonfield just seemed like a weird fit to me. Um, Ryan Smith was still out there, and he's from Virginia alongside Captain James Washington. They passed on him. A lot of elite-level East Coast players available that they, they just passed on. So that was kind of interesting to me. But Logan Chamberlain as a second pick felt early. Um, but if you're going out and grabbing a partner for Weedenfield, it made sense. So if that's what the captains were doing is going one, two, we want to make partnerships, not necessarily get partners for us. That made sense. You mentioned Dingus in the third round, a top 35 player last season, strong grab in the third round. Really the entire middle part of their draft was good to me. Three, four, five, six, seven. They go Dingus, pitcher, Valdivia, Segura, and Salee. I really like the middle piece of that. And then Polis as their second to last pick, I think was a good value pick. I'm going B plus Mish. One thing I'll add there. The one thing that you prefaced on this, you know, there's some traction to this. I don't know if it will come to fruition, but I do know the cutters, a big part of their logic for taking Ryan Wienfeld was one. If he ends up on our team, we know he's going to be solid but there were multiple teams behind them that badly wanted Ryan Wiedenfeld. Okay. And so I know the captains, at least part of the strategy, may not all of the strategy, could have slash was go ahead and take Wiedenfeld, and we now have a really valuable trade asset if we wanted to go up and scoop up some more depth. Like so it. don't know if that trade comes to fruition, but that's definitely on the mind of some of these teams. Makes sense. All right, last one in uh, this section here is the Carolina Coasters, which if you watched Baggin and Bragging uh, last week, you got to hear a very excited Trevor Brooks talk about his team of dogs. Yes. What do you think? Are the dogs? 
Um, so, uh, Mish, you're going to be so disappointed by this. I was going to give out an A for this team oh. <laughs> until until the trade. The, okay. it, when you factor in the trade, I think it hurt the team. Okay, think. Let's go back to the trade. They take Jordan Camba, then they turn around and immediately because they t- they admitted this because yeah. they took Jordan Camba, they take James Baldwin with the second round pick. Okay. Then Camba voices that he doesn't love that. They trade Camba away to the bully baggers to pick up Berkeley pair. Now here's the issue that I have based on that logic. James Baldwin was not your guy. Okay. You took James Baldwin because you thought it would be a pick for Camba who then you went and traded away to a different team. So in my mind, not only did they, quote, waste a first-round pick in this draft, they wasted their second-round pick. Now, in the end, we could argue back and forth that Berkeley Pair deserves to be that second-round pick in that spot. I would argue for them to do the turn and one of those two players in the turn that they get the first and second round being Berkeley Pair, I'm fine with. I'm just not convinced that James Baldwin was going to be the right guy at that pick, right? or the guy that they wanted at that pick. So I have to dock him for that. That takes him out. Now, let's talk about the things that I love. To get Derek King, to get Kaylee Hunter, to get Hunt, to get a great two through four run, I think is incredible, and they showed incredible value. Going to the late round picks, you even get a doubles team like Lori Duell and Miranda Coy super late. That Lori Duell and Miranda Coy, based on that, are your seventh team that's when you know you're really putting together a really tough squad. So overall, I really like the team. I just hated the trade and how it turned out. It takes them from me from an A, a solid A, down to a solid B, unfortunately. Wow, a whole grade. All right, Anthony, how about you? I feel that. I feel that. So out of the gate, we're talking about Jamie Graham, Eric Davis, Trevor Brooks at captains. I mean, it doesn't get, to me, much more OG, like high IQ or legendary, like as captains. And, and here's the things with, with these boys, and I think you alluded it to uh, earlier, Mish. I mean, they've already been playing at this game at a high level when most of us were picking up our first bag. So, I mean, with that, you're going to get, you know, you're going to, you have to ignore stat sheets. I think you have to ignore Facebook posts. You have to ignore live streams and, and, and actually look at what these guys are doing from a pick perspective. They're going to know, you said it, Misha, they're going to know what players are going to be dogs for them. Um, who's going to crack under the pressure? Who's going to give them 110%? Um, you know, I think that's what they're looking for. Uh, you know, that number one, that trade that you were talking about with, with Canva Pear, I actually don't hate it because I think Pear is going to be a dog and he's going to perform better with paired up with a Brooks than he than some of the other doubles teams would altogether. Um, and then you're getting rid of a Kamba who was unsatisfied. So, I mean, you're just making these decisions on the fly. Do we get someone who's going to come in here and want to give us hundred percent or do we get rid of a, you know, get rid of a Kamba who, you know, kind of has given us a weird vibe here. So I kind of think it was a brilliant move. Um, and then you go, okay, let's add more legendary to our team, James Baldwin and Derek King who specialize in double. So overall, I think this is the most experienced team out there, uh, when you're looking at it. Um, I liked Chad Hunt at the 880th pick. I think Jamie Graham and him team up, actually. Dave Moores was still available as the 112th pick. What 
what was that? And then to see Harvey still available um, way out there at like 110 somewhere uh, blew my mind. The turn, I think it was nice late. Coy, Duel, a nice partnership late in the draft. I mean, that's pretty strong for a late in the draft. Um, and then even your one rookie or your, your, your first rookie pickup, Petuski has TV broadcast experience. So I think just a lot of experience here. Um, I, I feel you, Trey, but I'm going to still go with an A because I think we got to give credit to the the knowledge these guys have of actually playing on the boards in the trenches with these players. And I think that's going to be way more valuable than going stat sheet, PPR, you know, bracket finish. I think they know these players from grinding in it. And I think that's going to pay off. I'll ask you one quick question. Would you have taken... If you're the Carolina Coasters, and for your turn, you could have done Berkeley Pair, Travis Purser. Would you have liked that better? Then, then what you ended Tamba up with Baldwin? Pear, yeah, which will you end up with Pair Baldwin? Yeah, that one's tough, man. I got to keep in mind that this is a doubles format. Um, I don't hate it, Trey. I don't hate it. Okay, fair enough. All right. And that was the, they, and Trevor said, we got everybody we wanted. So, I mean, they, they seem very pleased and I think the grade fits. All right, let's move into over under. I'm going to give you a number and you guys tell me uh, if it's going to be over under the first one is 0.5 and it's the number of singles nationals won by rookies this season. Yeah. I, I got to go over because I made a part of my prediction list. I had sure Ryan Wiedenfeld <laughs> gets the single win. I say it's at the cornhole mania. I think we just get the one. I don't, I, I definitely don't think it's higher than one. Um, okay. So I'll go over. Anthony. Yeah. You got, what is it? It's a one in five chance. Creek killer did it last year. Um, you got Ryan Hamilton, Wiedenfeld, JBJ. I'm, I'm going to go over as well. Mish. I like okay. it. 1.5, the number of doubles nationals won by Jamie Graham and Matt Guy this season. Yeah, if we're talking about just nationals, those four during the regular <laughs> season, I'm gonna they won two last year. I'll go under this year. I think during the regular season, Graham Guy, Lopez Richards kind of flip-flop with Graham and Guy. They become the premier team to win a couple. Graham and Guy will get one. I, ha I do have them winning the world championship, though, but I will go under one and a half nationals. Anthony? Yeah, you said it. They got two last last season. The double squads are just so tough this season. Uh, would I be surprised if they hit two? Hell no, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm I'm thinking it's going to be one. I'm thinking one as well. Um, okay. So under. All right, nine point seven five, the lowest PPR to win a singles national this season. I am going to go higher. I do not see someone winning a pro national less than a 9.7 PPR. Now that to me, that does not mean someone, everybody's got to be throwing a 10, five or a 10, seven. But what it does mean is that when I start looking at these statistics of how Fisher Hamilton is winning, how Alex Rawls is winning, how Eric Davis wins, right? You can't tell me they're going to win with a 9.4 PPR. It's just not enough bags in the hole. I think the ultimate winner for, for a carpet bag thrower is still going to be a 9.8, 9.85 type of range. So I'm going to go over that a singles national winner does not win below 9.75. Okay. Anthony? And Trey, this is their overall – this is their PPR for the whole tournament, right? Not just the, the championship game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Um, we're seeing a trend towards wins with PPR ranks in fifth 
through seventh. That seems to be the hot spot. We're seeing that over and over again, at least in the open formats. Um, players winning with nine, nine threes to nine sixes and certain types of players, you know, your Ryan's, your Hamilton's, your Wheedonfield's. And since it's an overall tournament, I think collectively overall, we're getting a lot more strategy in the field, which is going to force some of those PPRs down. You're going to have a game or two where you run into, you know, a Ryan or a Davis who are going to, you're going to pitch an eight, nine in one game, you know, because, or two games, because you're seeing that more and more. So I'm going to say under, I'm going to say under, I think, I think someone wins it uh, under a nine, seven, five. All right. 20.5, the number of career ACL titles that the all time leader will have by the end of the season. Graham and Guy are 18, Birchfield 13, Richards, Guy, Davis, Windsor are 10, just for some reference. So over yeah. under. Yeah. So that would mean like Birchfield has to win eight titles yep. this year. Um, probably not going to happen. But Graham or Guy, it means can they three. win three this year? I think that's a safe bet that one of them wins three. I will say over. Um, I I think it's going to be Jamie Graham. I think Jamie Graham will take the all-time title lead on Matt Guy this year, and he will keep it forever. Wow. Wow. Anthony? Trace full. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Is that a hot he will, take? He, he will keep it forever from Matt Guy. I'm not saying yeah. that no, maybe – someone else five years from now ends up passing yeah. Jamie right. Graham. No, no, I, I knew but you I'm, saying, no. I'm saying Jamie Graham passes Matt Guy this year in titles and Matt never gets it back. That's Got still it. a hot take. I love it's that. It's still a hot take, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, no one stands a chance other than Graham and Guy. Uh, Richards needs to get 11. I think he got 10 last year in this unbelievable <laughs> season, so there's no way he's going to beat that. Um, I'm going to go over. I think you said it. I think, I think Graham Guy get a shootout win. I think one of them gets a – single shootout win so double singles and then win a national singles or doubles there's your three i think i like that one actually with high confidence i like that over yeah. with high confidence agreed all right last one 5.5 the number of carpet bag throwers in the top 10 at the end of the season so that would be more than half under under <laughs> i know where i know where anthony's going i'm going under on this one anthony I'm under as well. I mean, oh, I, I, I am I, I am realistic. Uh, last season, we had one. We threw him a layup. We threw him a softball layup here. <laughs> no, I needed like three and a half. Five and a half is high. Um, last season, we had one legit carpet baggers. We had asterisks on Harbaugh and Eric yeah. Davis. Uh, Devin, he started off with carpet and then switched over to a surefire-like material with his dragon bags. And then Eric Davis, you know, those assaults, he plays them like a carpet bag but yeah. they're not a carpet bag. I'm going to say the under. Um, but yeah, the game is evolving. Uh, the game is evolving. I, I think we need to get away from calling it carpet baggers um, and that philosophy that you need a carpet bag to play a dirty game. Things. Because mm -hmm. I think I think players, they're getting deep bags. You know, Fine. their bag of tricks. Change, is, it, change it from carpet bag to dirty style player. Yeah, there you go. Because so many now players are over? able to do that. So, now, so is it over under? Oh, it would be over for sure. Cause okay. I would, oh, okay. I would throw Rawls like, yeah, in there. I still think it's under. Yeah. I yeah. Rawls. That, that makes I sense. would throw Rawls in there. I would now throw Richards in there. Um, no. I have to, I'm not giving you Richards. No. Yeah. I'm not giving you Richards. No way. Oh, you don't get Come Richards. On. You He's don't play Richards. <laughs> He's still a slide down the center and deal with stuff when he has to. I don't think he's creating. I don't know. That's a whole nother debate. I will Let's give you, I will give you Rawls, but you don't get Graham. You don't get uh, Richards. You got, I mean, I, I got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, that's a hard line to draw. 
All right, let's let's get in and name that team. We don't have much time left when it's your new game. So so lead us into it, Trey. So part of this was like I was thinking about a segment we could do here, and it was name that team now because it's like it's a name that player. And part of this is I went through this team, and I was saying to myself, holy moly, this doesn't – I'm going to start reading some of these things, and you're not going to – you're almost not going to believe me, okay? So okay. if you guess this team, you, you get you get the big win of the day, right? But um, – Four player, uh, 16 team roster. I mean, 16 player roster, right? Four of the players on the team have made it to the final four of a world championship in either singles or doubles. Okay. 10 of the 16 players have played on a main broadcast court with TV experience. 10 of the 16 of those not in that 10. So we got the 10 that are the, the broadcast people, the two outside of the 10 have each won an open singles championship. I got a guess, but I'm waiting. Okay. And, um, of all those that I haven't said, right. So that would be the 10 of the 16 plus the two is 12. So the only four left are all rookies. So anybody that is coming back has either won a singles cha- open singles championship or has played on an ESPN, CBS, NBC broadcast court before. That, when you lay it out like that, is absolutely ridiculous. That's you crazy. You guys have a guess. Yeah, this team's four rookies are going to be Hunt, Petusky, Whitaker, and Allen. It's the Carolina Coasters. No. Son of a, I was feeling good about that one. I was feeling good about that I, one. And I think this speaks to it. I think this speaks to it. Go ahead, Michelle. Wow. I just feel like I don't know any of the rosters well enough, so I'm just shooting completely in the dark, but uh, Chicagoland Spinners? It is not. It is the Las Vegas High Rollers. Okay? Oh. Here we go. Tanner Halbert, Cody Henderson, Eric Zockline, believe it or not, Hmm. And Jay Dotson have all played in the final four of a world championship previously. Okay. Listen okay. to all these other players that they have. Uh, Hunter Thorne, way back in the pro invitational qualifier days, made an ESPN debut. Uh, Kobe Costanza has played on ESPN in the college. Okay. Uh, Danny Seals played on TV before. Derek Singleton, Vanessa Fillingham, Alex Lippard did it in college as well. Okay. That rounds out your other 10 players who have made a broadcast court experience. Then you also add Alan Rawls and Tice Cobb, who have both won singles open wins before at the champion, won a championship. Tice did it in Austin in 2021. And Allen did it in Winter Haven in 2022 at the beginning of the season. Then you add in from that, you simply just add in the rookies that they have on the team. You have a Jeremiah Hector, a Trey Baker, a Carter Bennett, and a Chris Seaton. When you look at it like that, it, you almost I'm almost like in disbelief. Like that for a team to put that level of experience together even though their team isn't the most veteran, I just found very, very interesting. 
run the same thing on the coasters. I think I'm counting 12 TV broadcasts experience with a ton of championships. That one would be pretty interesting too. So Graham, Davis, Brooks, Pear, Baldwin, yep. King, yep. Hunter, Petusky, Petusky, Morse, Morse, Harvey, Harvey, Coy, Dual, uh, Morton's no there, no longer there. But Brown has it, so you actually have thirteen. Oh, wow. there's a thirteen. And actually, they there. added Ken Allen, so they have fourteen. So you're right, Anthony. They have even more. Ken Allen was wow. a free agent pickup who does have that experience as well. That's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I, yeah. So anyway. All right, keep us on like, Michelle. That's awesome. There's like five hot takes, but what, what are you going with for the? I don't know. Event? I feel like I've given so many hot takes. Like <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna bet on myself. Seven point five PPR from this guy right here this week. Oh, you're gonna bet on yourself. <laughs> oh, okay, I like it. Hot then take. We can definitely cover it next week. All right, Anthony. I'm going to feed off the kind of the Nationals predictions that we were dur- during earlier. Even with the strong rookie class, I think we only get half of the number of rookies that won from last season. So we had eight rookie wins. Richards had three. Johnson had one. Creek Killer had one. Maupin had one. And Lopez had one. I think we only get half. Four rookie championships uh, in Nationals and Worlds this season. Wow. But I think they're going to be going... deep. I think they'll be deep. You know, bracket okay. finals, bracket winners, but not actually as many wins. Right. And I, I'm going with Kyle Malone. In either singles or doubles, we'll take a, a title there in our national series. Yep. I think he's uh, on. I think he's on fire right now. And uh, I heard his interview on Borderline, and I think he's in the right headspace. So that's all we have time for today. We'll see you guys all next time.